Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm so excited for today's episode because we have no one other than Liv on the podcast today. She is a Saucony ambassador, and she's talking all about her journey to running, her journey as a BIPOC runner, and so much more. It's such a good episode, so just sit back and relax, and we'll just jump right into the episode. Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. All right. I'm so excited to have Liv on the podcast today. We met through TikTok. She is another runner in the Run Talk community, and I've been wanting to have her on the podcast. You guys probably follow her and know her. She is on the South. I, I can't say Saucony, right? I feel like, but she's on their running team. She's very cool. And she is also models as a runner, I believe. And But I'm saying all this random stuff about her. I'm going to let her introduce herself to the podcast. I'm so excited to have her. I'll hand it off to Liz. Perfect. Thanks so much, Liz. You were pretty close with the pronunciation, but uh, my name's Olivia, or call me Liv. I'm from Toronto, Canada, and I'm a Saucony ambassador. Um, I've been running since 2018. I started off like with 5Ks and worked my way up to marathon last year. And yeah, I do... Uh, both brand ambassadorship and so social media content creation and I've done some modeling for Saucony as well and then on top of that in Toronto I'm also the marketing director for our Pride and Remembrance 5k race that takes place in June during Pride Month so yeah that's a little bit about me. That's amazing so tell me a little bit more about your running journey you said that you started in 2018 and you started small I feel like lots of people start small with like 5ks and 10ks but then everyone just gets the bug and you just kind of it becomes your whole life doesn't it yeah it does for me it's it's always been a part of my life running because my mom was actually a runner so she used to make me like bike beside her while she was running her 10k so I think that definitely had some influence on me but when I started university especially in my second year I had some friends who were doing our Toronto waterfront half marathon and they were fundraising for a really cool cause and I kind of was drawn to half marathons for that reason of fundraising so I decided I wanted to run a half marathon in 2019, but I figured, okay, let me work my way up from like 5k to half before just jumping in. So I started off like just teaching myself how to run 5k and I raced my first 10k, which was the waterfront 10k here in Toronto back in June of 2019. And I did it in just under an hour, which surprised me because I was pretty new. So I expected to take like 60 minutes, but I did it in around 57. And then after that, I did two more 10ks in the city ran a virtual half marathon and then did my own half marathon in October of 2019 and did some fundraising for a really cool organization called Second Harvest, which basically rescues food that's going to be like thrown away by restaurants and grocery stores and gives it to different homeless shelters. So yeah, I was able to raise just over $600 for that and run my first half marathon in two hours and nine minutes. It's amazing. And how did you, how are you able to take that and bridge your passion for running with your career? and graduate studies. Yeah, for me, I think 
the the time I started running, a lot was happening like politically and in the world. Like obviously COVID happened and within the time of the pandemic, you know, George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery were killed. And that sparked a lot of conversations about like inclusion and race in running. And, you know, I felt like as a athlete of color, I had to speak on those things. So because my undergrad background is in sociology and I did my first master's in sociolegal studies, I had done a lot of research and taken a lot of courses on like race, gender and class and intersectionality. So I could kind of bridge that academic background into running. So I started to go on other podcasts and talk about like how we can make running more inclusive. And I got featured in some pretty big publications here in Toronto. So our newspaper is called Toronto Star and they did a little feature during Black History Month of 2021 talking about how like BIPOC running groups had become a thing and they interviewed me because I was a part of one at the time. And also just, you know, hearing about how we use like running as a form of protest. Like a lot of people did the run for Ahmaud Arbery and run for George Floyd and things like that. So I really got to be a part of those conversations. I also was featured in a segment on Sportsnet during Black History Month in 2022. And they featured me and five other women who are all in different sports and talking about our journey as Black athletes and specifically around the topic of hair because for Black women, that's like a whole thing. So it was really cool to get to speak about that and speak about how, you know, it goes beyond just aesthetics and it's also political. So yeah, that's kind of how I've been able to bridge the two together. And then on top of that, also doing marketing for the Pride Run now, I get to use my business school background because that's what my second master's is in to help put that race on that, you know, is really great for the LGBTQ community. So I get to do all of the marketing, communications and PR. So yeah, through running, I've been able to bring my education a lot into it. And it feels like a second job, but also not a job because I really enjoy it. That's amazing. That's awesome. And how did that then lead to you becoming a Saucony ambassador. Am I still saying that wrong? I feel like I am. Yeah. Okay. The best way to say it is they break it down. Sometimes if you look at their posts, they say sock a knee. So that's the best way Saucony. to remember how to see. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so with Saucony, they asked me to join their ambassador team in 2020. So I think because of all the conversations I was having and the podcasts I was going on at the time, it really caught their attention. And they too, you know, do a lot of advocacy work within their organization. They support the groups, Black men running and Black girls run in the U.S. So they really do like emphasize BIPOC inclusion. So they asked me to first do a photo shoot with them and be a part of a global campaign they were running at the time called Run for Good. It's like a little video series where you tell your story and they came and shot some clips of me running along the Toronto waterfront, which was super cool. And then after that, they asked me to join their ambassador team. And I've been with them for three years since then. That's amazing. That's awesome. And so you've been able to model with the brand, represent them and participate in the marketing campaigns. What's the coolest one so far? Oh, the coolest one was last year. Saucony on the US side asked me if I wanted to do a modeling campaign. And they were like, we're going to fly you to New York and like put you in a hotel. So that was super cool like I was in grad school at the time and it was right before my exams but I was like I don't care I'm gonna go so I went and yeah I spent a whole day shooting at uh, Pier 51 which is on like the New York waterfront and I got to meet like some of the other models and they had a whole like makeup crew and it was like a whole production so that was a really cool experience to get to do that and it it really helped me learn about like the business side too like seeing the team like you know have this marketing vision and a whole marketing plan and then executing it 
as the model. So yeah, that was a really cool experience. And I really hope I get to do it again. That's amazing. That's awesome. Would you ever like want to like do this full time? Like I, you mentioned before we started recording that you were in between jobs. So you, you're about to start a new one. But like, would you ever want to take the running stuff more seriously and make it like a full time thing? Oh, I don't know. I think about it all the time. Like I am starting a new job that will, you know, provide me like a good foundation, like economically. So I don't know if I want to give it up, but I think I will always keep it as like my side hustle and, you know, as extra income and extra things to build my portfolio with. Cause I've heard you speak about this before. Like I don't consider my nine to five, my passion, like I enjoy it and it pays the bills, but running is definitely my thing. So I don't know if I want to turn running and like run modeling into my nine to five. Cause I don't know if it will still have that same magic if you're doing it every single day. That is true. That is definitely very true. What are some of the biggest lessons that you think like running has taught you, whether that's like personal or whether that's something that you've learned like professionally now that you're sort of doing it as a side hustle? Oh, so many things in terms of running strategy itself. I would say that I've learned that progress takes years. Like when I started, although I was so excited to have my 10K be under an hour, it's taken me years now to get down to 50 minutes. And now I want to break that. And it may, I'm realizing it may take me another couple of years. So learning that like progress over time with running is like a long it's literally a long run that's definitely been a big lesson but everything you do like day to day is kind of like putting money in a bank when it comes to building your fitness so every recovery run every speed session every strength training session all contributes and it's like you know putting quarters in a bank account every day it's not a lot of money at first but over years it it builds up so that's one lesson and two I've learned that running really is such a huge sense of community both locally and globally like obviously we met on TikTok and I've met a bunch of other really great runners on TikTok, including Emmeline, who I know you've interviewed and is now a Saucony athlete as well. So it's been really cool to connect with people and connect with people in meaningful ways through some of the conversations I've had about BIPOC inclusion and things like that. And also just connect through run talk, like when we're all training for the same races together and things like that. So I think it's a really special community that no other sport really has, just because there's such a big mix of like elite runners and also everyday runners like you and I. hundred percent. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, I guess like in terms of like, you know, when you think of like big lessons that you've learned around running, I was watching one of your videos recently around like your recent race. Um, it was one of your recent races. And I think you were mentioning how like it didn't go the way that you wanted it to, or it didn't go to plan. And I feel like I hear that a lot with like runners and like, especially like if they go and run, you know, their first marathon or something and they feel really discouraged or disheartened, I guess like what, what have you learned? Like having, you know, run, you know, so many races since like 2018 and like, you know, built that consistency over time. Like how do you come back from like, I guess, negative race experiences? Yeah. That last one I did, it was tough because I did a half marathon three weeks ago and then three weeks later I had another race that was even longer so because the half went not according to plan I almost truthfully wanted to drop out of my most recent race which I ended up PRing so I'm glad that I didn't but I learned that like you know again with running it can take years 
there's also so many external factors, like you can have an amazing training block, and then you know, the day just doesn't go well, or being in a new environment, like a different city, which I was for this race can really change things. So I really just I let myself be sad about it for a couple of days, truthfully, and kind of sulk about it. But then, you know, I spoke to my coach, and he was like, Okay, like, let's put together a plan for your next race. And let's learn from your mistakes. So I've definitely learned, like, it's okay to feel disappointed with your goals. But like, look at back at your last races and look at the mistakes you made and try to correct them when you're doing your next race, which I was able to do because I ran a 30k this past weekend. And I, I ended up PRing because it, it was a race I had done before. And again, I, I looked at a lot of the mistakes I made, like, for example, during the half, I went out way too fast. This time I went out a lot slower. I allowed myself grace to like walk a little bit when I needed it and didn't like think, oh my gosh, like I've walked the races over. And, you know, I just mentally kept in check. Whereas during my half, I was kind of starting to say like, I want to quit. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I think this time around, I learned that your, your mental thoughts like really have a huge impact on your physical performance. So yeah, I would say it's about taking the mistakes you made and applying them. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's really well said. And like, I feel like I ask, I always end most of my episodes, like asking my guests if, cause like, I feel like a lot of people that listen to the podcast, some of them are just starting out and running first timers, you know, their first year, their first race, whatever. What's one piece of advice or like a few pieces of advice that you would offer to anyone that's just starting out? Oh, so many. I would say a big one is do not compare to other people. It can be very easy to look at people who are your same gender and around your same age and think, oh, I should be as fast as that person. But again, you never know like people's backgrounds because you may see somebody who started running around the same time as you, but they were a competitive swimmer their entire life. So they have a huge like endurance space that you may not have. So that's one thing. Definitely don't compare. Two, as great as social media is, like I love TikTok and I love Strava so much. Like during my last uh, training block, like before my 30K race, I actually stopped going on Strava and I kept my runs private for the week just because I didn't want to get psyched out again and, you know, see what other people were doing and think, oh, I haven't run enough. So I, sometimes I would recommend to people, you know, before your first marathon or your first 10K, if you're following a lot of people who are doing the same races, maybe set your Strava to private for that week or, you know, just let it auto upload and don't scroll too much. So that way you don't get too in your head. And three, you know, en enjoy yourself. Like we're not paid to do this. Like we're not, you know, Elliot Kachoge who has like money on the line if you lose. So like, don't be too hard on yourself. If you have a bad workout or a bad race, you have plenty more opportunities to make it up so yeah those are the pieces I of advice I would give those are amazing and I really loved your second piece I think it's so important yeah no thank you so much for coming on the podcast and just I love learning more about you and hearing more about your race background and I just wanted to leave the last few minutes for you to share any last minute remarks and ways that listeners can connect with you and learn more about you yeah of course so to connect with me I'm on Instagram and TikTok so my Instagram is live Alexa and my TikTok is love live Alexa. So you can definitely find me there. Um, for anyone who wants to participate in the pride 5k, we do have a virtual option. So you can participate from anywhere. So if you go to my 
Instagram, there will be a link in my bio to register when we open registration on April 5th. So yeah, those are how you can keep in touch with me. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm sure that once this episode goes live, I think that that will then be live. So I'll make sure to include links in the show notes of the episode for ways that you can not only connect with Liv, but also for the registration as well, as well as the virtual registration for anyone that doesn't live in Canada. But thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. It was so lovely to chat. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. A big thank you to Liv for coming on the podcast. As I mentioned, I will have everything and ways to connect with her in the show notes of the episode. But otherwise, I hope to see you in the next episode. I'll see you later. Bye.